Sounds great. Hello and welcome to Film Insight. I'm Ben Yenny. And I'm Randy Hall. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing good. Sounds like we've got a great program coming up here. I'm uh, super excited. Unfortunately, I wasn't there for the interview and I feel kind of left out. So who are we uh, talking to today? We are talking to the creators of L.A. Macabre. They... Yeah, so no, the, uh, uh, the important thing to talk about here is actually that the SF Web Fest just happened. You know, uh, I guess it'll be about a week ago or a week and a half or, or something. It, Somewhere it, in there. Recently, right? Early June is when the, when the fest uh, happened um, in San Francisco and L.A. Macabre was a selection. And we'll get into the, kind of the details of why we're talking with them, but... I think what was really cool is that, uh, you know, I was, I was working there as the technical director for the festival. I know you were, you were there for one day as the, as press. the you know, uh, yeah. Press you know. and VIP. And yeah. Oh, sort of oh, just a VIP. No, no I know who yeah. the, yeah. it's uh, like so, I do stuff. So it was, it was a great experience. I really had a great time uh, working it and kind of, you know, rubbing shoulders with everybody in my own way. Let's start by just talking briefly about how the WebFest went for you as a visitor for me as a visitor it was fantastic i made some excellent connections um i even got to talk with the headliner for the festival uh tiffany schlain Mm -hmm. uh i made some good contacts with proven entertainment who will be on our podcast in two weeks Mm -hmm. and i even made some contacts at indiegogo who might be on our uh, podcast at a future date too nice well so so clearly it was a it was a an industry savvy event i mean if you're an insider you were definitely it was a good place to connect with other people um, and network with them and kind of make you know get your name and face out there what about the content you know because it wasn't just screening web series there was lots of panel discussions and other things there were some really good panel discussions. The only one I watched the whole thing of was the distribution panel, but it was fantastic. And we're talking to Laura about some stuff about the distribution panel. Nice. More on that soon. Yeah, but, so, uh, yeah. and Laura being Laura Wayner, uh, the executive director of the Fest, and a very good friend of mine now. We, we've worked together for like six weeks on producing the, the content and getting it all ready to project on the big screen, and so... It was a, it was a lot of fun, and um, yeah, I was happy to be a part of that. That was a, that was a fun little experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So, so uh, we should probably actually get to the content of our show. Yeah, I, I just wanted, to, I wanted to talk briefly about that before we jumped into the interview because I thought that having a little bit of a discussion about how the fest went would really help in terms of kind of you know getting people clear on why we're talking to these guys from L.A. Macabre. So anyway. I completely agree. And you know what? We actually talk about it in the interview, too. Sweet! All right. Well, that's awesome. So I'm so glad that I'm repeating history. <laughs> Here we go. On the line with us, we have the creators of L.A. Macabre. Macabre. Why don't you introduce yourself, guys? Okay. Uh, my name is Dan Ast, and I'm the creator of L.A. Macabre. And I'm here with Ryan Helquist. Hello, I'm Ryan Helquist, and I am an uh, actor on L.A. Macabre, play Ryan Holbrook. That, that must be confusing. Well, the other thing is, uh, there's another actress who's also named Ryan. <laughs> so that's, that's the confusing part. So the, Ryan, the Ryan part is actually, Ryan playing Ryan makes life easy. Ryan playing Jamie makes life difficult. <laughs> so we just call them the Ryans. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, the first season is complete, and you're in a crowdfunding campaign for the second season, correct? Correct. That is correct. Okay. 
LAMacabre.com. <laughs> well, we'll throw that up in the description. But we're not here entirely just to promote you guys. We want to talk to you a little bit about the challenges of producing a web series. Certainly. So how did you guys fund the first season? Uh, I filled out this form, and then this <laughs> plastic thing came in the mail. And it was uh, one of those things where I could give it to various vendors for goods and services uh, for a particular amount, I guess on credit. <laughs> okay so it was it was a magical plastic card that we never have to touch again yeah. uh, oh, are fantastic. Yeah, there's no consequences it's amazing um <laughs> no we basically like uh it was kind of a credit card project there, there really isn't any leftover debt from it there was a little money set aside but we filmed across weekends whenever we could get everybody together for about nine months and we shot it the way we would shoot, say, an indie feature film. We didn't shoot an episode and then release it. We shot everything and then released it one week at a time. So even the credit card movie or the credit card web series was a very low budget and it happened over nine months. So we never had to spend a giant amount of money at one time. It was uh, pretty economical. That's good. Given how you shot it and released it, is there a reason you chose the web series format over a feature film format? Yeah, uh, I I had already made a feature film previous, and it was a very long, taxing experience, and it was more expensive than L.A. Macabre. It was still a pretty cheap film, but it was just, I don't know, there's a lot of pressure that comes with creating a feature film that for some reason I just don't feel working in the web space. It just feels a lot more freeing, and we wanted to kind of do this project when we could get to it, no major pressure to get through it. And it was written to be a web series. It, it takes advantage of the web format very specifically and very intentionally. So I had people try and tell me to turn it into a feature film, and that just didn't make sense to me. You know, It actually lives in kind of a meta way on the Internet. It's about characters making a web series and putting it on YouTube every week. And there's so. blogs, and there's references to Twitter accounts, and there's you know, interacting with essentially the kind of mysterious characters through the web space as well. So the villain, okay, so, so to speak, has their own YouTube channel that interacts with the with the main character's YouTube channel. Okay, uh, did so. This sounds like it's actually more of a transmedia project than a simple straight up web series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is somewhat transmedia, but it's one of those things where you don't actually have to find the transmedia element to enjoy the main thread of the show. So there's a strong narrative spine in the main 11 episodes, but there are actually 39 pieces of story content, including those episodes that tell the entire story. And if you find the other 28 pieces of content, you know, you're, you're going to have a richer experience. But if you just watch the 11 episodes, I think you would still have a pretty good time and you wouldn't be missing out on things that you wouldn't understand necessarily. Okay, so it sounds like you kind of followed a uh, Lizzie Bennet Diaries model. Yeah, to some extent, except we, we we didn't lean as heavily on Twitter, for one. And we did not make it about characters vlogging. There is a character who vlogs in, in parallel to the story, but it's more of a found footage story where characters are uploading strange things that happen to them each week. And, you know, the characters are out in the desert, they're out in the world, um, there's a cast. It's not trapped in a in a webcam's point of view. How did you go about marketing the web series? <laughs> I don't know that we did. Um, 
We, I mean, we paid for some Google AdWords and some Facebook boosting to try and get it out there to people. And we, you know, shared it with our friends as often as possible. We reached out to some horror blogs and, you know, uh, web series blogs. And we got a little bit of traction with, you know, WebB Guide and things like that, paying attention and reviewing us, Snobby Robot, uh, LA Horror, and Truly Disturbing. Yeah. Uh, there was podcast a podcast with them as well. Really the cool, yeah, tell them about that, Ryan, because that's probably the coolest mm-hmm. bit of integration we did with Richard Trejo. Yeah, so, I mean, you're talking about this transmedia element to the series. Well, uh, Richard Trejo offered to do a podcast with us in character. So we had the Ryans, myself and Ryan Bartley, who plays my character's sister in the web series. He interviewed us in character as if, you know, we were in the midst of the story, finding out about the new family, finding out about these these people kind of attacking us and and we're right in the thick of it explaining what's going on, what our thoughts and reactions are. Meanwhile, kind of talking about our show within the show of Ellie Macabre. And uh, he did it all in character and he did a great job, you know, interviewing us there. So, so it was kind of a cool, cool podcast transmedia thing. <laughs> Fun. Okay. Um, uh, given that you've done a feature film, Dan, mm-hmm. um, you must have some level of following in the indie film and feature in horror community already before nope. you started <laughs> nope okay nope uh no uh i don't know the the funny thing about that feature film is i'm very proud of it and everybody who worked on it did a great job aiden bristow who plays colin in the show and corsica wilson who plays callie they were both in that film and that's how i met them and my cinematographer austin smoke and my producer david shatnoff both helped me with that project as well in those respective roles but we got picked up for DVD distribution and still very, pe- very few people have seen it. Whereas one of the advantages to L.A. Macabre in the web space is we have gained a lot more traction just putting the content out where people can access it easily. So we, if we have any following at all, and that would be using the word pretty strongly, but if we have any sort of following, it's because of L.A. Macabre and not so much any of my previous projects. That said, our cinematographer, Austin Smoke, had a really cool web series a couple of years ago called Vampires New Orleans about people in New Orleans that believe that they're vampires. And that gained a little bit of traction. Uh, Yeah, I'm not super up on the web space, which is a little embarrassing, but uh, given this interview, but I've actually heard of Vampires New Orleans. So to the extent that we have a following, it would be that. Our cinematographer, she created that show, and then she and I kind of co-shot edited, directed, you know, wrote that as we went. I mean, to the extent that you write a documentary, you know. So that's that's her show. And if we have any crossover between the Vampire's audience and L.A. Macabre, I'd be very surprised. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. How much of a following do you have from L.A. Macabre? Like, what are your subscribers? How engaged are they? All of that sort of stuff. And has that helped you moving into a crowdfunding campaign? Brian, you want to jump on that? Or? <laughs> I was actually looking up the uh, <laughs> the numbers. Yeah, the, the actual numbers. If, uh, <laughs> if you didn't have them, but um, <clears throat> well, for the for the show, I mean, a lot of it is kind of a mystery to me. I mean, I, I had a lot of people for, for the first couple uh, weeks when we were releasing episodes who hadn't seen it, you know, and then we started getting you know thousands of views right away, and I didn't know, you know, I'm like I don't know where these are coming from personally. So uh, I think people. You know, people have found it casually, which is amazing, you know, kind of being able to just kind of find it there. And then lately, I mean, with the season two Kickstarter and the campaigning we've been doing, I found that we found a lot more audience members from that, or at least they become a lot more vocal. 
people who had watched the show but had never really put any comments down or never really reached out to us are now interacting with us in a very lively way uh, while we're camping, uh, you know, campaigning for season two. It's also one of those things, you know, when you when you tell your friend you have a web series, they're, they're usually very supportive. Good for you. But, you know, down here in Los Angeles, lots and lots of people have web series. <laughs> and um, and so your friends don't usually watch it right away. And it's always that like elephant in the room whenever you're hanging out. They're like, I promise I'll get to it. And it's like, look, I'm past the point of being worried about that. You know, you'll get to it someday or you won't, but it's OK either way. And I find that the people who keep promising they'll get to it, promising they'll get to it, they finally got to it when the Kickstarter campaign happened. So mm-hmm. that was kind of nice. Like we had a lot more people start, oh, I, I finally sat down and watched it and I really liked it. And it's like, oh, that's that's good to hear. We've even had but it, some, but it okay. took the it took the Kickstarter campaign to get them to watch. Yeah, we've even had some kind of super fans, you know, come out of the uh, the woodwork through the campaign who have kind of, you know, cheering us on the entire way through and, and you know, resharing our posts and things like that. And they're just fans of the show that have kind of come alive and really, really supported us and helped us out. Uh, we even had some fan art from the show come out. You want to tell them about that, Dan? That was pretty cool. Yeah, there's a really cool YouTube channel uh, called Tales of Tim. And this gentleman named Tim creates art on a dry erase board and kind of erases it strategically and then plays the footage backward with like voiceover and a script and music telling whatever story he's telling. And I think what was really flattering is nobody told him about our show that I'm aware of. He actually just found it which I don't hear that story very often. Usually somebody knows somebody and that's how they found it. But in this case, he's found us somehow. And he did completely unprompted his own fan four minute video about not, not directly about our show, but kind of referencing the show. He called it creepy crawling, which is a very strong element of our show. And there are a lot of Easter eggs in the art that are quotes from our show or references to our show or characters in it. So it was really cool, and it's really effective unto itself. Like, I probably would have enjoyed this even if I didn't know it was based on on our show. But that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen, was just somebody (laughs) caring enough to put that much time into something like that. Okay, so now we're going to take a moment, and we're going to step away from the microphones. You're listening to Film Insight. Every filmmaker should learn how to pitch. And every filmmaker can benefit from a better pitch. Don't miss your chance to learn from pitch expert Chris Aguilar. He's heard more than 2,000 pitches and helped startups raise more than $3 billion in mezzanine round finances. That's right, that's billion with a B. If you're in San Francisco, he'll be speaking on June 30th, and you can get your ticket through Eventbrite. If you're listening to a replay... You can find his workshop video on producerfoundry.com slash workshops. You've just heard about stuff we're doing, but we're not all about us. We'd love to talk to you about sponsorship. If you'd like to sponsor Film Insight or any Producer Foundry event, please give us an email at sponsorship at producerfoundry.com. That's again, sponsorship at producerfoundry.com. Now let's get back to the show. And we are back. Uh, let's dive right back into our interview with the creators of L.A. Macabre. So where we met was actually at the uh, SF Web Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I was looking at your, I can't remember whether it was your Kickstarter or your Facebook, 
but you had a whole bunch of WebFest official selection and rewards on your cover photo. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about working the WebFest circuit? Yeah, that's been a lot of fun. I actually didn't have a huge hand in making that happen. Our producer, Dave Shatnoff, had a big hand in like searching out the WebFests that have better reputations and submitting to them. And then he just kind of said, okay, we got into this one, this one, and this one. Which ones do you want to go to? And so if I had the time and the money, I would go up and visit. And the first one I went to was Vancouver WebFest and then Seattle. And I met a lot of great people. And I've been meeting them over and over again, including in San Francisco last weekend on the trail. It's a very small, tight-knit, supportive community. So that's been a really good experience. And we've been fortunate enough to pick up some awards at some of them. Vancouver, Best Mystery, uh, Seattle, Corsica Wilson took Best Performance, which was really nice. And uh, then what are we? We won the Best Drama at Indie Series Awards, and that was a huge validation for us. And then Ryan and Colin, yeah, Ryan and Colin, uh, <laughs> Ryan and Aiden, won uh, Best Lead Performances at TO WebFest a couple weeks ago. So th- I think we also won something at the Rome. We've won a few things at the Rome Web Awards, yeah. but I Is don't like exactly. Best Scene and a Best, uh, yeah. Best Scene, Best Thriller, and then Christina Wren won for Best Guest Role, I think. Yeah. So that was nice. So we've been picking up a few awards here and there, and that's been a really exciting thing. I think it's really important that it's funny because it's not so much about the accolade itself, but the recognition that comes with it. It gets people to watch the show. It gets people to ask, what is this thing? And, and that was what I was going to ask about next, actually, is do you think the face to face networking of going to a web fest and meeting people has led to more views? Or do you think the uh, actual accolades from getting in has just increased the notoriety and reputation. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say both for sure, but the networking's great because the, the people, again, it's being such a supportive community. They're also willing to, to talk about your project with other people. I know opportunities have come our way because of friends I've made at web festivals who have decided to tell somebody else about it, somebody at <laughs> this distribution house or whatever, you know, um, and so, yeah, a lot of it, a lot of advancements the series has been able to make has been because of some wonderful people we've met along the way. And we meet people who have podcasts and uh, invite us on their show. <laughs> they, yes. It, what do you know? There's press. <laughs> um, way to, good way to get the face to face going. That's a good pivot there. I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we should probably start to wrap up uh, just because you know how short the, the Internet's attention span is. But there is one thing that I think you guys have to announce that you got at the SF WebFest. So why don't you uh, tell the audience a little bit about what that is? Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we were, we were nominated for four different categories there, which is pretty exciting. And we we're very grateful for that. And we we're, you know, sitting there kind of, you know, anticipating what was going to happen with those nominations. And then out of the blue, they stop the... Uh, the show and the and Laura actually comes up the, the creator of the SF Webfest and announces this, this special announcement which is out of left field we don't know what you know what it is and she said one of her big goals for creating the festival was that uh, a series would get a distribution offer and so then she uh, brings up to the stage uh, David from Proven Entertainment and uh, he he announces you know 
his selection process kind of talks about, you know, that they're, uh, they handpick quality series and they want to offer, you know, out of the 44 uh, selected series uh, that was at the WebFest, they want to offer one of them uh, distribution through them. And then they announced our names and we're, you know, Ellie McCobb and we're like, what? <laughs> what does this mean? What's going on? So it was a very uh, kind of surreal and unexpected thing that we weren't really you know, prepared to <laughs> for. So, yeah. Well, as exciting and interesting as it was to get a distribution offer at that awards show, I don't think it was the most surprising or interesting thing that happened. Right. Which, which we didn't get to be in the room for. <laughs> right. Because was... we left to go talk to David and, and talk to the uh, Step and Repeat and stuff. And yeah, so that all happened. <laughs> yeah. So uh, since uh, we were there, we know what happened. But since you listening probably weren't, one of the web series creators actually proposed marriage to his partner on stage during his acceptance speech for Best Director. So that kind of uh, took a lot of the steam out of the distribution announcement. <laughs> but, <laughs> but good for them, you know? Yeah, like, no, yeah. that was fantastic. We were they, were, they seemed like really nice people. Yeah, um, we were only disappointed we didn't get to see it because we were, we were just as excited for them. And, and when we came in, Serena, part of the team running the festival, was like, somebody just proposed. And Ryan and I were both, oh, man, that... <laughs> We were in the next room doing shots, you yeah. know? Uh, <laughs> so we missed it. Okay. Well, thank you guys again for coming. Oh, just right before we go, uh, give everyone where they can find you, both the web series and the Kickstarter. Cool. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, you know, amazing story. You can find uh, Ellie McCobb on YouTube. Uh, we have every episode of the first season is up, including the bonus content. And we are running a season two Kickstarter campaign right now, which you can go to elliemacabre.com. Support us there for that. And what is your Twitter handle, Ryan? Oh, and my Twitter handle is at Ryan Helquist, R-Y-A-N-H-E-L-L-Q-U-I-S-T. And okay. you can find me at uh, Dan underscore Ast, last name spelled A-S-T. And you on YouTube, you can find us specifically at youtube.com slash grinningmanpictures. Or you can just type L.A. Macabre into your search bar. That's L-A-M-A-C-A-B-R-E. <laughs> Thank you for spelling that. I forgot. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people have a hard time with that word. Yeah. So I, I figured I'd try to make it easy for them. Well, great. Uh, and what is the last day of your Kickstarter? July 3rd. July 3rd. So help them out before July 3rd. And thanks again for being here, guys. Thanks hey. for having us. So I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. Well, I thought that was actually a great conversation with Ryan and Dan. There are a couple of great guys. I did get to meet them when I was at the fest as well. So um, I'm really glad we had the opportunity to chat with them. Yeah. And uh, if you're listening to this as it's released, don't forget to check out their Kickstarter. It's down, The links are down in the down below and it's running until July 3rd. Woo. Go. Yeah. Go support these guys. Their uh, program, the web series that they put together is really cool. Very kind of innovative and interesting, very documentary realisms. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice little bit. So definitely go take a look at it. And uh, I guess that wraps it up for this time. That does. Sweet. Uh, again, well, we got to sign off. I know. So what are we going to, so where are we going to people, we're going to send people to go uh, check us out while we're not 
talking in their ears. Producerfoundry.com. It's actually a functioning website now. Hey, wow, cool. that's awesome. And uh, we I also know. have Twitters and other things. We do. We have Twitter. Uh, we're at Producer Foundry. Me personally, I'm at the Gorilla Rep. And I am at Randy Hall. We're also on Facebook. And we're also on the Facebooks, yes. We love our major social media outlets and and you can be there too. We do have a page and a group, and and the group discussion mm-hmm. is kind of nice because we do lots of uh, news and kind of current events going on in the industry. Yeah. Kind of passes through that uh, that Facebook group, so definitely check there us is. Out. Uh, there's even more that goes through the Twitter. The Twitter's got seven posts a day. Oh dang, man! And also, yeah. and then we also have the this week in indie film stuff. So you know those. This are, yeah, that that is Facebook. Yeah, so there you so, go. Yeah, that's definitely well. Check it out, and we will see you in two weeks with David Devona of Proven Entertainment. It's a gr- I think this might be the first time we've had a full on distributor on the show. It is, and I think that's uh, that's a good sign for us. All right, so yes, until next time, this is Randy saying cheers, beepas, bye. <laughs>